But it's good to see in God's house this evening, and it's even better to know that God is with us. Amen? He's with us uh, in the sunshine, and He's with us in the rain, and He's here with us tonight. Uh, Before we get to our text this evening again, which is in Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to be starting at verse 15. Uh, this evening, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll read the passages as we go along. And I'm just going to go by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And with the time that I have, we'll cover what we can. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us in the sun and you're with us in the rain. I thank you that you are good and you're good all the time. I thank you, Lord, for those that have made their way out to your house this evening, that have a hunger, Father, for your word, and just want to be in your presence tonight. So I pray, God, that you would make our time fruitful this evening, God, that we wouldn't preach in vain, that we wouldn't uh, hear in vain, Lord God, but that we would just make ourselves available to you. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, and we just pray that you would rest upon us That you would come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, Lord God, and anything that would try to keep us from delivering your word or receiving your word. And we're careful to give you all of the praise and all of the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. Where we left off last week was with verse 15, where it says, As evening approached... The disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus replied, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. But we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered, and How many of you know that that small three-letter word, but, has the power to keep you from God's promise? That little three-letter word, but, has the power to keep us from His divine power, and it has the, the power to keep us from His supernatural provisions, church. It has the power to keep us hungry. And it's exactly one of the reasons why we need to learn this lesson in faith, because I don't want to go through life hungry, amen? And I'm not just talking about food for my belly, I'm talking about food for my soul, or food for my marriage, or food for my family. I don't want to go through life lacking. I want to make sure that I have enough and I have overflowing, and for that to happen, I have to learn this lesson of faith. What we learned last week, so I can just tie into this week, is that the disciples only saw what was in the natural when they said what they did, but we only have here five loaves of bread and two fish. What they saw was in the natural. They saw the time because it says they saw that it was late. They saw the condition. They saw that it was desolate and it was uninhabited. They saw the crowd and how many people there were. And they saw the need and that the people were hungry. But what they didn't see was the supply, the supernatural supply. What they didn't see was the supplier. What they didn't see was Jehovah Jireh, their provider, who was standing right there in their midst. What they didn't see was the supernatural uh, bread of life. What they did not see, church, in the midst of their predicament or their situation or in the midst of God's uh, a request for them to feed the people, what they didn't see was the one who could satisfy the thirsty. 
and fill the hungry with all good things. Amen. How many of you know that there will be certain situations in our life that have the power to keep us from seeing the presence of God? There's situations and circumstances in life that can keep you or have the power to keep you from seeing the one who's able to meet your needs according to his riches and glory. I don't know if this sounds a little loud here, Steve, if you can maybe back me up some. I'm getting a little bit too much behind me. So you all just bear with me as we get things right. Amen. But what I want us to understand is that there are times in our life or situations in our life that have the power to keep us from seeing the supply or seeing the sufficiency. And this is where the disciples were. There was a request made to them of God and they looked in the natural at the situation that they found themselves in and they were unable to see the supply or the supplier. There's enemies that will show up in your life that, that, that have the power to keep you from seeing the victory. Like the children of Israel or the army of Israel and King Saul, if you remember when they were in the valley of the Elah, the giant Goliath kept them from seeing the victory until David showed up who was full of faith. And he saw the victory and he saw the victor. Uh, he saw the, the mighty warrior of God. There are situations and there are enemies and there are problems in life that can keep us from seeing the provision. And that's one of the reasons and another reason why we need to learn this lesson of faith. Because when we walk by faith, we see what we cannot see in the natural When we walk by faith instead of by sight, our spiritual eyes are open and we can see the things that we need to get through our circumstance or our situation. All they saw was the natural. All they saw was over 5,000 people and only five loaves and two fish. All they saw was the lack. All they saw was the impossibility. Ever been there, church? I've been there where all I've seen is the lack or all I've seen is this impossibility or all I can see is the mountain because there are mountains that have the ability to stand in the way of our view of God. But by faith, we can move that mountain. Amen. And this is why we're learning or the Holy Spirit is teaching us this lesson of faith. They said what they said because they hadn't yet developed their spiritual eyesight. The disciples weren't yet walking by faith, but rather by sight. They were still walking in the natural church. And it's why they could not see the supernatural. How many of you know when we walk in the natural When we walk by sight and not by faith, all we will ever see is the problem. It's all we'll ever see. All we will ever see is the obstacle. All we'll ever see is the lack. All we'll ever see is the giant or the mountain, like I said. All we'll ever see is the struggle or the the sickness. All we'll ever see is the, the need that's before us, but we will never see the supply. We will never see the sufficiency and we will never find the answer unless we learn the lesson of faith. This is a desolate place, they said, and the hour is late. So send the people home so they can buy food for themselves. And it's exactly what we say when we walk by sight instead of by faith. The place is too desolate. The giant is too big. The time is too late. The need is too large. The diagnosis is too severe. The marriage is too broken. It's what we say when we walk by sight. 
It's what we say when we haven't developed this, this seed of faith, not allowed that seed to grow into our lives. We speak according to the level of faith that we have. Listen, when, you, when all you uh, talk about is the problem and all you talk about is the giant and all you talk about is the busted marriage and all you talk about is the hurdle and all you talk about is the lack and the need, it demonstrates that you are lacking faith. It demonstrates where you are in your spiritual faith walk. And what Jesus does is there's times that he will bring us to places where he asks us to do things we could never do on our own. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But he brings us to these places and he allows these occasions to come into our life for one reason. It's to mature us. It's to grow us up in faith, church. Faith says it's too big. Faith says, uh, I mean, uh, fear says and a lack of faith says the place is too desolate and the time is too late. But faith says it's never too late for God. Amen. Faith says it's never too broken for God. Faith says the situation can never be too dire for God. Faith says it's never too late. Faith says all of those things. Faith says it's not too big for God and it's not too difficult God for God. Faith says it's never too desolate or dry for God to bring forth a harvest. How many of you know that there is no place in your life that is ever or could ever be too desolate for God to bring forth a harvest? There's never too dry a place that you will experience in your life where God can't birth a miracle and God can't bring forth something, the impossible, or the possible in the midst of the impossible. There is nothing too big for God. And the only, here's what you need to understand. The only way you will ever see that harvest in the middle of your sickness is through faith. The only way you will ever see the, the harvest of healing is through this seed of faith. It's, it's what we have to have, church. Otherwise, all you will ever see is the barrenness. All you will ever see is the, is the emptiness of your situation or your lot in life. And it's why we have to learn the lesson of faith. The disciples said, send them home. But what did Jesus say in verse 16? He said, no, there's no need to send them home. You feed them. And how many of you know, like I said, all throughout our Christian journey, God will ask us to do things that we cannot do on our own. You ever been there? You ever been in that place where God has asked you to do something you absolutely know you cannot do on your own? And the sad reality is sometimes we even think we can't do it with God. Because we don't think enough of God. Because our problem looks bigger than God. Because we're focused on the problem more than we're focused on God. And the sad reality is, even as children of God, there's sometimes we think it can't, we can't get through it even with God. And it's exactly what the devil wants us to feel like because that's when we give up. But he will always lead us to places or, or, or bring things into our life that will test our faith and try our trust. He'll always bring things into our life that will push us beyond our own abilities, church. He'll, put, he'll bring things into our life that will push us to that place where we either give up on God, not that He wants us to give up on God, but He'll push us to those places where we will either give up on God or finally trust in God. And finally rely on God and call out to God. You see, there's times in your life where we have to be willing to just call out to God. 
When you call out to God, you know what it says? I trust you, God. When you call out to God, it says, I believe in you, God. When you call out on God, it says, I have faith in you, God. It's when we refuse to call out and we refuse to cry out. That's pride. And pride will never produce anything spectacular or supernatural in our life, church. It's why we have to learn this lesson of faith. The truth is God will take us to seas and rivers that we will never be able to cross on our own. He did it at the Red Sea. How many of you know the nation of Israel could not cross the Red Sea on their own? And he did it again with Joshua at the Jordan River. He took them to a place that they could not cross on their own. In both occasions, they needed to sow the seed of faith. The children of Israel had no faith at the Red Sea. They wondered, why on earth, God, did you bring me out here to die? But Moses was a man of faith. And he looked up to heaven and he called out to God and he lifted up the rod. And he believed that his God was able to make a way where there was no way. And the Bible says that all night God worked on their behalf and he separated the sea so they could go across on dry land. If you want to walk on dry land and you want the sea to be separated, you got to sow the seed of faith, church. And in, uh, at, the, at the Jordan with Joshua, you see, the difference was God in, in, at the Red Sea, God just separated it. But, but through their journey, you'll find out that when they got to the Jordan with Joshua, he actually had to step out in faith. At the Red Sea, God did the work. Moses just to have to have the faith. But at the Jordan River, they had to demonstrate their faith. And you see, this is, this is just a growth process because there's times in your life where all you've got to do is have the faith. But there's other times you've got to demonstrate the faith. There's other times you've got to step out when the water is raging and you're going to say, well, God, I'm still going to step out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting in you. And when they stepped out, guess what happened? The rivers were pushed back. To Eden, the Bible says they were just pushed back. And if you need something pushed back in your life, again, we need to learn the lesson of faith. If you need the mountain pushed back, if you need the sea pushed back, if you need sickness pushed back, if you need Goliath pushed back, if you need any obstacle pushed back, you need to sow the seed of faith. Because faith, with faith, all things are possible. Pastor Darrell just preached that. Just shared that this evening. With faith, all things are possible. Please notice Jesus didn't say, I'll feed them. He said, you feed them. He said, you feed them. Because he was trying to develop faith within them. Jesus had faith in the Father. Amen? He had faith in his word, faith in his plan, faith in everything about the Father. He was trying to teach them faith. Remember, he was trying to make them fishers of men. He was trying to make them disciples. And he's trying to do the same thing with you and me. He's trying to make us more than we are today. He's trying to make us more than we were yesterday and last week. And the day that he called us out of darkness. He's trying to make us more, church. And it's why He'll lead us to these places, so we can become more for God. And it's what He was trying to do with the disciples. He was trying to increase their faith. He was trying to just build them up to a higher place. But please look at what they said in Mark 8, 4. 
He said, you feed them. And in Mark 8, 4, it's another recording. Mark's recording the same occasion. And they said to Jesus, what are we supposed to feed them with in this desolate place? Or in other words, feed them with what? We talked about that last week. He asked them to feed the 5,000 people that are 15,000 probably with women and children both. And they said, what are we supposed to feed them? Feed them with what? And the answer that we learned last week was to feed them with faith. Because Jesus wanted the disciples to feed the people with their faith. Because how many of you know you can feed a household with faith? You can feed a multitude with faith. You can fill your cupboards up with faith. You can feed a hundred with faith like Elisha did in 2 Kings chapter 4. And you can feed 5,000 with faith like Jesus did in Matthew chapter 14, church. By faith, God can multiply whatever little you have. He did it in the Old Testament because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what He did yesterday, He can do today and He'll do again tomorrow. If He filled up your father's cupboard or your mother's cupboard, He can fill up yours. If He healed someone else's body, He can heal your body as well. If He slayed someone else's giant or your dad's giant or grandfather's giant, He can slay your giant as well. If He restored someone else's marriage, He can restore your marriage as well. You just have to have this seed of faith, church. All things are possible with faith. Because faith, you all know this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance, church. It is the, it is the makeup. It is the molecules. It is the, the tangibility of things hoped for. It's, it's the reality. It's, it's the substance of things hoped for, church. Listen, one of the reasons people lose hope is because they don't have faith. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. And as long as you have faith, you can keep on hoping in God. And that hope will bring into reality the things that you hope for. It's the substance. It's not just some pie-in-the-sky, make-believe, empty-word fairy tale. Faith is the substance. If you need healing in your body... Listen, healing is the substance of the, the healing you hoped for. In the middle of your sickness. It's the substance, church. It's, it's not some empty, uh, imaginary thing. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Of things not seen. Listen, here, when they were standing in the middle of nowhere and Jesus asked the disciples to feed the 5,000, faith would have seen what Jesus saw. It would have seen the supply, like I, like I shared. It would have seen the, the mini-mart, God's mini-mart, uh, you know, or Super Kmart or whatever you want. It, it, faith would have seen the supply. Jesus had faith. That's why he had hope. It's why he was able to multiply five loaves and two fishes, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. and The evidence of things not seen. Amen? It's why we need to learn the lesson of faith. It's why we have to sow that seed of faith. The reality is the disciples didn't see the answer to their need or the supernatural supply because they had no faith. Or at least they weren't practicing their faith. Amen? Look at how the disciples actually responded to Jesus' challenge to feed them. 
They said, all we have among us is five loaves and two fish. They saw the need and their response was, all we have among us is five loaves and two fish. The only thing we have is five loaves and two fish. We don't have anything else, Jesus, except five loaves and two fish. And they're absolutely right. It's all they had because they had no faith. When you have faith, you have more than you can see. When you have faith, you have more than you're actually holding in your hand right now. When you have faith, you have access to God's heavenly supply. You have access to His storehouse in heaven when you have faith. All we have right here is five loaves and two fish. And they're absolutely right because they didn't have faith. And the sad reality is that's all we will ever have in life is five loaves and two fish if we don't have faith. If you don't have faith for your marriage, you will have a five loaf and two fish marriage. If you don't have faith for your family and your household, all you will ever have is a five loaf and a two fish household. If you don't have faith for your finances, all you will ever have is a five loaf and a two fish financial situation in your life. Listen, I want more than a five loaf and two fish marriage. I want more than a five loaf and a two fish household and a family. I want more than a five loaf and a two fish ministry. I want more than five loaves and two fish, church. But the only way I'll ever have it is if I have this thing called faith. Because faith believes for more. Faith believes for a better marriage and a better job and and a better son and a better daughter and a better boss and a better tomorrow and a better body and a better mind. It's what faith believes for. But if you have a lack of faith, guess what? All you'll ever have is five loaves and two fish. And I know a lot of people that are living their entire spiritual life with five loaves and two fish. And they wonder why that's all they ever have. Because they don't have faith. And I'm not saying this in a condemning way. I'm just saying that if you want more, if you want an abundance... If you want some baskets left over, you've got to sow the seed of faith. You have to have faith in your life or all you will ever have, like I said, is five loaves and two fish. Amen? We have to have faith for more in our marriage. We have to have faith for more in our family. We have to have faith for more in our ministry and faith for more in our finances or any area of our life because faith, like I said, is the substance of things that we hope for. The truth is we will never experience the supernatural supply of the Father without this thing called faith. You'll never have enough. You'll never have more, like I said. You'll never have leftovers without faith, church. And it's why so many of God's people are lacking in so many areas of their life because they don't have faith. My marriage is too broken. 
My kid is too far gone. The hour is too late. The cupboard is too bare. The situation's too desperate. The enemy's too strong. The mountain is too tall. The river's too wide. And I can go on and on and on with the excuses or the verbiage or the confessions of those people that don't have faith, that are walking by sight and not by faith, church. Because like I already taught you, when you walk by faith, God is always bigger than the obstacle. He's always bigger than the sickness. He's always bigger than the need. He's always bigger than the Goliath. He's always a a bigger bridge than however wide the sea or the river might be. When we walk by faith, church, we're able to see what we cannot see in the natural. You see, I, I don't want any of us to live in this place of being overcome by what we see. But if you don't have faith, that's the life we live. That's the life you'll live. When you don't have faith, you're overcome by the things you see. Because in the natural, we need to be overcomers because we've got spiritual eyesight. We need to become overcomers because we're living by faith and not by sight, church. Amen? Listen, if you want to enjoy the overflow instead of the enemy enjoying the overflow, you need to learn the lesson of faith. Remember in Deuteronomy, I believe it's one chapter, chapter 1, verse 8, God tells the Israelites, He tells them to go up and possess the land. And if you know the whole story, God actually vocalized the boundaries of how big their blessing would be. He, 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 he marked out for them how big their blessing would be. And he said, go up and possess the land. But because they had a lack of faith to go up and take the land, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, church, while the enemy, guess what? While the enemy ate their grapes, while the enemy drank their milk, while the enemy sucked on their honeycombs, while the enemy possessed the land. And they were... They were having to live off of manna. How many of you know that that God's good to us even when we're not good to Him? He gave them manna and He supplied their need and He provided for them and he'll, He'll continue to do that. But listen, they never had an abundance in the wilderness. They never had overflow in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, in the wilderness, if you study it, God never let them even... Uh, uh, collect overflow. He never even allowed them to collect more for the next day. Because when you walk by sight instead of by faith, you're not pleasing to God. And God will not sow abundance into the lives of those who are displeasing to Him. He'll let you survive. He'll get you by. But my Lord, I want to do more than get by. I want abundance in my life. Listen, in the in the in, in the wilderness, all they lived off of was five loaves and two fish. It was just enough. But I want an abundance. And, I want, and I'm not saying that haughty or proud. I'm saying it because God wants me to have it. And if I learn this lesson of faith, that, that I put my trust in God and my faith in God, I can enjoy that abundance and the overflow that God has promised to me. But so many of us, the enemy is eating our lunch. And the enemy is eating our marriage and the enemy is eating our family and eating our sons and eating our daughters and eating our finances. He's living off of our land and our promise. Why? Because we don't have faith. We don't have faith to just go take it. 
Listen, there are some times that, that we got to get violent with the devil. The violent, take it by force, the Bible says. And the only way that you defeat the enemy is if there is a stronger one. We got to be the strong man. And you can't be the strong man without faith. You will never conquer a mountain. You will never kill a Goliath. You will never cross a sea. You will never have multiplied goodness in your life without faith. And the sad reality is the house of God is filled with weaklings because they don't have faith. And the enemy is eating us alive. And it's time for that to change. Amen. We've got to have faith in our God. He's eating up our bodies and eating up our mind and eating up our marriages. And we sit around. Oh, oh Lord, help us have faith. Amen. To exercise our faith. According to verse 17 and 20, faith was the spiritual seed that brought forth a supernatural harvest, even in a desolate place. Faith is a seed, and I might have said this last week, I didn't get to listen to myself to make sure I don't re-preach what I preached the week before, but faith is the seed that has the power to bring forth whatever harvest you need in your life. That's what faith is. Faith, faith is the seed that can bring forth any kind of harvest we need. If you need healing, sow the seed of faith. If you need restoration, sow the seed of faith. If you need your marriage healed and restored, sow the seed of faith. Faith is the seed that can bring forth whatever need you have, church. Bring forth the substance and the evidence of whatever need you have. But it has to start with that seed of faith. And that's what it was. Faith was a spiritual seed that brought forth a supernatural harvest even in a desolate place. Even when the hour was late and even when the odds were overwhelming. Amen? That's what we have to understand. It doesn't matter how late it is. It doesn't matter how dire the situation looks. It doesn't matter how, how much the odds are stacked against us. If we have faith, we can overcome. Amen? Verse 20 says, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So understand, approximately 15,000 people were satisfied on that day. 15,000 people were satisfied with, I wish I had five loaves and two fish. 15,000 people were satisfied with five loaves and two fish because the seed of faith was sowed in that desolate place because Jesus had faith in the Father. And it doesn't matter how little you might have. As long as you have faith in the Father, you can be satisfied. And not only can you be satisfied, you can enjoy an overflow. There were 12 basketfuls left over when Jesus was done doing what he did. Amen? When the Father was done multiplying, there were 12 loaves left over. And I don't want to get all theological with you, but the reason that the, the 12 basketfuls left over is important is because there were 12 tribes that made up the nation of Israel. So what you and I need to understand is not only were the men satisfied, and not only were the women satisfied, and not only were the children satisfied, 
God had 12 basketfuls left over, meaning that, that the nation of Israel could be satisfied as well. Because God never leaves anyone out, church. He has enough to satisfy the young and the old, the women and the men, the rich and the poor, the black and the white, the slave and the free, the educated and the uneducated. God has enough to meet every single one of our needs according to His riches and glory. If you look at Matthew chapter 25, there's another miracle that's exactly the same, except he feeds 4,000 people and there's seven basketfuls left over. And what you need to understand about that is that when he did this miracle in chapter 14, it was in the, it was in the Jewish region. But when he performed the miracle in Matthew 25, it was in the Gentile region. And there were seven basketfuls left over because there were seven nations of that region as well, of Gentiles. So again, my point is, God is demonstrating that he has enough for everyone. Amen? How many of you are thankful God's got enough for you? He doesn't care what you look like or where you come from. doesn't matter what kind of clothes you wear or what kind of car you drive or house you live in or what kind of fancy title you got at the front or the back of your name. If you have faith in God and trust in God, He will supply all your needs. Amen. 15,000 people were satisfied with five loaves and two fish because Jesus had faith in the Father. Amen. How many of you want more than five loaves and two fish? How many of you want to be satisfied, amen, and have overflow? Then we have to learn this lesson of faith. I've got my little cable here messing up my, my arm. We have to learn this lesson of faith. Another lesson we can learn, I'm just trying to get through this and teach you as much as I can, amen? Another lesson we can learn in Matthew 14 is if we go back to verse 18, where when the disciples said, all we have is five loaves and two fish, Jesus said, bring them here to me. When the disciples were overwhelmed by the odds, Jesus said, bring them here to me. When the disciples said they didn't have enough to go around, Jesus said, bring what you have to me. When the disciples faltered in their faith like we occasionally do, amen, church, if we're being honest, Jesus still said, bring me what you have anyway. And how many of you know that when we give it to God, it's more than enough? When we give it to God, He makes it more than enough. You don't make it more than enough. I don't make it more than enough. God makes it more than enough. Jesus understood that the disciples weren't where they needed to be yet in their faith walk. So he said, bring me what you have, because I have faith in my Father. I have trust in my Father. And my point is simply this. Listen, even when you and I don't have faith, to do it ourselves, amen, to take that leap of faith. As long as we bring it to the Father, as long as we bring it to Jesus, He can still do a miracle in our situation, amen? Sometimes the task may be too big for us, but all we have to do is bring it to Jesus, bring it to the Father, and He can turn our situation around, amen? When we give it to God, great things happen. When we give it to God, He can work wonders with it, church, 
He can work wonders with our brokenness. He can work wonders in our marriage. He can work wonders in our finances. He can work wonders in our son or our daughter that's wandering out there. Listen, I know that because there's areas in my life where God has proven himself that God can do wonders in areas which I once thought were impossible, church. How many of you can testify of that? That he's done wondrous works when I've given it to him. Amen? When we give him our time, when we give him our talent, when we give him our tithe, when we give him our marriage, when we give him our sickness, when we give him the, the struggle, he can do wonders with it, church. He can do miraculous things with it as long as we give it to him. But the problem is far too often we don't give those things to God. I don't know why. I don't know if it's pride. I don't know if it's a lack of understanding. I don't know if it's just a lack. I don't know, but far too often, as sons and daughters of God, we don't give those things to God like we should give them to God. We complain about our lack. We complain about our marriage. We complain about our sons and daughters. We complain about our spouse, or we complain about our job, or we complain about our boss, or we complain about our situation instead of taking them to God, church. And we wonder why all we have is five loaves and two fish. We wonder why we have a five loaf and a two fish marriage. Because we've not brought it to God. You'd be amazed at how many people come to counseling uh, for me or for Pastor Darrell or the pastor or anyone else. And there's a situation in their life. And we'll ask them, when's the last time you prayed about it? When's the last time you saw God about it? And they stand there like a deer caught in the light. What? Pray? It's sad reality. And it's why they have a five loaf and two fish marriage. Or a five loaf and two fish family situation. Because they've not gotten to that place where they have faith in the Father and bring it to Him. Before they do anything else, bring it to Him. That's what we need to learn, church. We need to stop complaining about it and bring it to the Father. Look, I'm going to start. i got time, so I'm not going to wind it down yet. You may not have faith in yourself tonight. You may not have faith in the fish and the bread, and I hope you don't have faith in the fish and the bread. Listen, I hope you don't have faith in me. I hope you trust me to bring a good word. I hope you trust me that I'm seeking God. I I hope you trust me that I'm developing my relationship with the Father. But I don't want you to have faith in me. I want you to have faith in the Father. Because I can fall just like you fall. I can slack off just like you slack off. I can take a spiritual vacation just like you can take a spiritual vacation, church. So you're supposed to have faith in God, not in me. Have faith in God and miraculous things will happen in your life. You might not have faith in the fish or the bread. You might not have faith in in yourself. You might not have faith in whatever you got in your little bag tonight. But if you have faith in God, watch what happens to your situation. Watch what happens to your five loaves and two fish when you have faith in God. It just begins to multiply. Amen? 
That's what we have to learn. All through Scripture, God made much out of whatever the people brought to Him. Amen? And I'm not going to take the time to tell you all those stories. You know them. How He multiplied oil and multiplied meal. How He he provided for them in the desert, church. There's there's so many instances where I can give you uh, where the, the people brought what little they had to God and God made something tremendous out of it. And tonight He's saying the same thing. Bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. If all you have is a broken marriage, bring it to God. If all you have is a a little time, bring it to God. If all you have is a little small talent that you think is insignificant, bring it to God. If all you have is a busted family, bring it to God. Don't try to handle it and fix it all on your own. Take it to God and God can do miraculous things with it. Amen? I don't know what your need is tonight, but if you have faith in God, He will satisfy you. The Bible tells us that after after they ate, it says they were satisfied. Amen? And we talked about that earlier. I want to be satisfied, but the only way that that will happen is if I take it to God and if I have faith in God. In verse 19, it says this. And I'll start winding it down here. It says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And there's, there's a few things I want you to look at here. But one of the first things that I want you to see is that the miracle didn't happen until Jesus broke the loaves. It said he looked to the Father and he gave thanks and then he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. If Jesus would have never broken the loaves, he could have never fed the 5,000. If he would have just stood there again, Joshua and the children of Israel would have never gotten across the Jordan unless they stepped out, amen, unless they demonstrated their faith in God. And what Jesus was doing by breaking the loaves was demonstrating his faith in the Father. He was actively involving himself in this step of faith. He could have just said, God or Father, multiply all of those loaves and give me a bunch of loaves. But there's times God wants us to participate in the miracle, There's times He wants us to demonstrate our faith in Him. And it's exactly what Jesus was teaching the disciples. They watched Him break the bread. And they just sat there and watched the miracle taking place. One loaf of bread filling up 25 baskets. And then another 25 baskets. But they would have, all they would have ever had, my point is simply this. All they would have ever had was five loaves and two fish unless Jesus demonstrated his faith in the Father and started breaking the bread. Uh, My point is simply this. There are times in your life and in this faith walk or Christian journey that you go through where you're going to have to start demonstrating faith. You're going to have to start breaking the loaves and demonstrating your faith in God. Otherwise, all you will ever have is what? Five loaves and two fish. So God is telling someone here tonight that it's time for you to start breaking the loaves and start demonstrating your faith in the Father. The other things that I want to point out, there's two other things in this passage that I want you to see that I want us to know before we go home. When we have a need, the first place you should look is to heaven. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the bread. So the very first lesson we need to learn is that when we have a need, the first place we should look is to heaven. 
The first place we should look is to Jehovah Jireh, our provider. The first place we should look is to Jehovah Rapha, the one that heals me. The first place that we should look is to our all-sufficient God, amen, to our strong tower or whatever name you want to give Him. The first thing we should do when we find ourselves in difficulty, when we find ourselves in a battle, when we find ourselves in a struggle, when we find ourselves in sickness, when we find that our cupboard is empty, when we find the enemy surrounding us, the first thing we should do is look to our Father which is in heaven. Because our help comes from the Lord, the Creator of heaven and earth. We shouldn't, the first thing we, sh- we, we should not do is to look to man. Don't look to me. Don't, don't, don't let me be the first one you come running to. I'm going to ask you if you went to God. And if you said no, I'm going to send you home. I'm going to send you away and say, come back after you've gone to God. Amen. Because God can do far greater than I can. Amen. Now, I'm just joking. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to pray with you, but I will encourage you to go to God. Amen. It's what we need to understand. We need to go to God. The first thing we have to do is look higher than where we are. We've got to turn our eyes, set our eyes up into the hills from whence cometh our help, because our help comes from the Lord. Amen. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come to you from your neighbor. I can help you through some things. But the supernatural help that you need or the supernatural provision that you need or the supernatural healing you need or the supernatural strength that you need, it comes from the Father. It doesn't come from man. Amen? Understand, Jesus didn't look to the crowd for help. He didn't look to the villages for help or man to help. He looked to the Father. He took those five loaves and two fish and He looked to the Father. And He asked for His help, church. It doesn't tell us what he prayed, but I know that when he taught the lesson of prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. So I don't I I don't doubt that Jesus said, hey, father, you see the need. Give us this day our daily bread because they haven't eaten today. Remember, they've been with me all day, father. They sacrificed their time and they followed me and they put their trust in me and they're hungry for me and they they want more of you and they want to. So, God, give us this day our daily bread. And guess what? God did. Amen. He multiplied five loaves and two fish and he satisfied them, church. So if you want to be satisfied, you got to first look to the father. Want to know why so many of us aren't satisfied in life or satisfied with our situation? Because we're looking this way. Instead of this way. When we look at Him, all of this grows dim. Amen? When we look to Him, all of this becomes insignificant. When we look to Him, all of this becomes so much smaller. But we go through our Christian life like this. And we wonder why all we have is five loaves and two fishes. Because we're not looking to the Father first. The next lesson, the last one that I'll have time to cover is this, that we should be thankful for everything we have. Amen? No matter how little we might have. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus took those five loaves and two fish and He looked to the Father and He gave thanks for them. I want you to know that thanksgiving is a key to multiplication in your life. Thanksgiving is the key along with faith to loose the power and the provisions of God into our life or loose healing into our life. Listen, Jesus didn't hold up the five loaves and two fish and say, 
I can't believe this is all I've got. He didn't sound like the disciples. This is all I got, God. Five loaves and two fish. I can't believe you're asking me to do this. I can't believe you're asking me to feed this crowd. He didn't say that. He thanked God for what he had. And it was the catalyst to the multiplication of the bread. Listen, I don't care how little you have. If you give thanks for it, God will multiply it in your life. But, oh, boy, we love to grumble. We love to complain about the little bit we have. You know, one of the things I've taught all of my kids growing up is stop complaining about what you don't have and start being thankful for what you do have. But there's far too many of us in our Christian life. We go through our Christian life complaining about what we don't have. And we've never taken the time to give thanks for what we do have. And we'll, and we'll go through our entire life. Listen, if you don't have a spirit of thanksgiving, I'm going to keep repeating it until you can know it. But if, if you don't have a spirit of thanksgiving and you're never thankful for the little bit that you have, all you will ever have is five loaves and two fishes. But when we begin to give thanks for what we have, we begin to loose God and we begin to open up the windows of heaven. It cracks open and kicks open the windows of heaven so God can pour out a supply into our life that's pressed down, shaken together and overflowing in our lives. Listen, the reality is, why in the world would God give you more than you have when you're not thankful for what you already have? Why in the world would He multiply anything in your life when you grumble and complain about what He's already blessed you with, no matter how little it is? The Bible tells me that unless we're faithful in the little thing, He'll never make you ruler over much. He'll never fill up the cupboard if you complain about the jar of beans you got in there. He'll never fill up your bank account if all you do is complain about the little bit of money that you have in there, church. He will multiply when we have faith in Him, when we bring it to Him, and when we thank Him for what we have. Amen? That's what I'm going to close with. If I can find my last page here. Thank you, Willie. Three things we have to learn is that if we want to be satisfied, we have to look to the Father. We have to, well, we have to have faith. It could be four things. We have to have faith in the Father. We have to look to the Father. We have to give thanks to the Father. Well, that's three. So what we have to understand is that without those three things being practiced in our life, I don't believe we can be satisfied. Amen? If all we're ever filled with is grumbling and complaining. How many of you know things taste better when you're thankful for them? Things taste better when you're thankful for them. Life tastes better when you're thankful for the life that you have. Things, things, when you grumble and complain, it doesn't make life taste better. It makes it more bitter, amen? It just gets more sour in your mouth and sour in your spirit and sour in your life. But if you want to be satisfied... If you want life to be sweet and your marriage to be sweet and your finances to be sweet and your household to be sweet and your ministry to be sweet, if you want this the sweetness that God has for you, you have to learn the lesson of faith. Amen? So here's where I close. Verse, 12, or verse 21 says that they all ate and were satisfied because of three things. Because they had faith in the Father, 
because they look to the Father and because they thank the Father. And we have to learn to do the same if we're not already doing it. Amen? How many of you want to live a satisfied life? Then I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you want to live a satisfied life, we're going to stand to your feet. How many of you want to enjoy the overflow that God has for us? The abundance and the leftovers that we can have in our spiritual life or in our family. I know a lot of people don't like you talk about leftovers at home. But you know what? As I was studying this, I began to think, we need to thank God that we got leftovers even at home. That God gave us such a big meal the day before that I got something to eat the next day. I know some people that just refuse to eat leftovers. They'll throw it away. And I'm like, man, you're throwing away a blessing. Because God gave me so much that I got leftovers for the the next day. Amen. But that's how good our God is. Amen. And in a spiritual sense, and what God is trying to teach us is that every level of our life, He wants us to enjoy those leftovers. He wants us to enjoy the overflow in every area of our life. And it all starts with what? The seed of faith. And that's why we have to learn the lesson of faith.